Cameron Saul, so, how are you? Are you well? Is it yeah, so, doing well, Saul? <laughs> Saul, yeah. It's Saul. <laughs> so it's not like the Spanish player Saul, no? Nah, nah, not, <laughs> <laughs> not that cosmopolitan. <laughs> nah, not in the, not in the. So. Very good. How are you keeping during lockdown? Yeah, you know what? Um, I mean, I've had my ups and downs to be honest, but um, at the moment I'm doing all right. I mean, I'm just trying to make the best of what I can, to be honest with you. Yeah, we're kind of lucky enough with the weather in general now. It's a bit, I don't know what's like over there today because you're obviously in London back home, aren't you? Yeah. Um, it's a bit cloudy out there today. Okay. I mean, to be honest, here in London, it's been very, very nice. It's been a, yeah. it's been a contrast from Bally Buffet, I can tell you that. <laughs> the Finn Harps fans are going to love that one. <laughs> how do you find, I know that you're obviously not in Bally Buffet long. Um, how do you mm. find actually staying there? Do you find the people welcoming and all that kind of thing? or? Yeah, you know yeah. what? Um, I've so I think Bali Buffet is just a lovely place. I mean, coming from London, um, not to kind of hate on where I'm from, but people don't really talk to each other and things like that. Um, so as much as Bali Buffet is small, the fact that everyone when I got there was talking to me and was welcoming, you kind of don't really um, mind too much that the place isn't too big because everyone there is looking out for you and mm. just making you feel like you belong. You know, so. That can be the difference between a big city like London, obviously it's huge, mm. and um, even Dublin is quite small compared to London. But that can be the difference, I think. Uh, I've been to Bally Buffet a few times myself, and the people there are very welcoming. Uh, yeah. You obviously started your career, Cameron, in America, your professional career. How did yeah. that come about? How, what made you move to America? Um, so initially I went over there for university. Um, so I went there in 2014. Um, and I don't know if, how much you know about the American system, but you play four years of university football, soccer, as they call it. Um, and then once you're done, you become eligible to be a professional. Um, so I played my four years. Um, I got my degree, as you do. Um, and then an opportunity came about with a new team called Greenville Triumph. So um, they had like an open tryout or open trial. Um, I went there, just had a good day, and straight away the, the coach gave me a ring and was like, yeah, we'd like to sign you. So, um, what, it part, was, uh, what part of America? Are they uh, that was South Carolina. South Carolina, nice area. Yeah, honestly, really, really nice. Yeah. Um, down south, really warm. Yeah. Um, and again, it's not so much like a, a big place to be, you know? Yeah. Um, so, um, I was coming from there to Bally Buffet, so that's why the transition for me wasn't too big in that sense because yeah. I was already in a small place in America too, so it wasn't cool. too bad. Um, the USL League, now a lot of people, I know a bit about it, I've done my research, but a lot of people watching may not know what the USL League is in terms mm -hmm. of, if you compare it, say, to Major League Soccer. Could you explain a little bit the differences, maybe the level where it is exactly? Yeah, so... Um, Firstly, like the American soccer pyramid, there is no promotion relegation. So it's not like we have in Europe where um, the top division is vulnerable to get in. You know what I mean? So in America, it's all about money. Um, and it's like a closed system. So the MLS is the, the top division. And I guess it's where you would say the big money is, the big owners. Um, and they just have the most money. So they can afford 
to get in players like the Beckhams and David Villas and the people like that that you see going over there. So the USL is usually where professionals start when you're coming out of college. Um, so I'd say it's a lot younger league because obviously people have the opinion that the MIS is like a retirement league. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the USL is a lot of that. It's a lot younger. Um, but the level's very good. I think it surprises a lot of people when they actually see the players over there. Um, and yeah, it's it's just a very good league to play. It's very different than Europe, I'll tell you that. Um, there's just more emphasis on trying to play football over there than people realise. It's not so... It's weird. Like, don't get me wrong. Winning's important, but teams would rather play nice football in America than actually just defend and win. So... I've heard, I've heard that before. Will Seymour on, and he basically said the same thing. He said that teams over there generally, they do defend, he says, but they won't mm. um, defend the way they do in Europe. There's not as much pride in defending, he says, mm. in general. And people just, teams like to just literally play football. Yeah. Um, so he, he, he's come from the same hymn sheet there now. Yeah, no, honestly, that is, and it surprises people. People think it's just, um, I don't know, people have the opinion that maybe they're just super athletic and, they don't really have an understanding of football, but like I can say I played the best football of my life over there, just in terms of passing and moving and things like that. Because both teams try and play expansive and allow each other to play, um, so it's just it's a very different environment. So it sounds like it's very entertaining to watch as well at the same time. Yeah, very entertaining. The problem we have in in the league is that it's so hot when you play your games. So yeah, <laughs> like it's I mean you don't play a game or we did in any way under about. I mean, the, probably the coldest game we had at home is maybe 29 degrees. Do you know what I mean? Oh, my like, God. You're serious? God. So it's, you're not, you're it's not tough. Getting, you're not getting 29 degrees in Bally Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> you might get minus that. 29, possibly, but you have a better <laughs> chance of getting minus 29, which is uh, scarce. But did you play in League One over there? Because I know there's different leagues, USL. Yeah, so I played in... So USL League One was a brand new league that they, um, they brought out. Um, mm. So it just aligned perfectly when I was graduating. And... Um, I was lucky because the the head or the gaffer that I had at the time was a guy called John Hartz. Heard um, of John Hartz, American mm, International, yeah. American yeah. International played yeah, yeah. In the first American to play in the Prem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, with a lot of my training methods and things, it was all things that he learned from his time in England. Um, ah. So, it was it was a good transition for me. It was a good transition. Did you play with any Irish players over there, actually? Um, no Irish players, but my like we played two up top, and my uh, strike partner was Jake Keegan, who had ah yes yeah yeah, yeah he played so, here yeah yeah, yeah. Did he, so, uh, that brings you on to the next question in a way did he have any influence on you coming to Finharps? Yeah, he had a, yeah. a big influence. Um, yeah. Honestly, me and yeah, me, me and Keegan get on really well. We still talk every day. Yeah. Um, and he was just a big influence in why I wanted to come to Ireland in general. So he, uh, yeah, he did a lot for me. So He played in Galway, I remember. He was very good. He was a, a bit of a cult here on Galway. And he played for my club, actually, St. Patrick's Athletic for a while as well. And he was a big fan favourite there as well. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, for some reason, there's a lot of Americans that have come over to the league here and they've been very successful. I don't know if you've heard of Ryan Guy. There's another yeah. one, he, a winger, a small winger, he played with Pats as well, and um, they've done very well over here, and they've been, you know, they've really produced over here for their clubs and that. Did you speak to Ollie Horgan before he came over? Did I speak to him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Was he the first man you spoke to in relation to Finn Harps, the club itself? Um, in relation to the club itself, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he, I mean, when he was doing his research on me, I believe he did speak to uh, Keeks and... <laughs> I imagine so. <laughs> um, you know, just just got the heads up on what he was actually <laughs> what he was getting his hands on. But um, yeah, no, and yeah, I mean, I spoke to uh, Ollie, and I had my mind made up as soon as he spoke to me, pretty much. So, really, was that precise? Yeah. Did you have yeah. a few offers from other clubs as well? Um, yeah, there were there were a few clubs that I was potentially going to go into at least on trial, anyway. Mm. Um, were they back home or in Ireland or back in the US? Or? Um, both in Ireland and, oh. well, sorry, yeah, back in America and in Ireland, yeah. Yeah, so. oh, very good, very good. Um, so you like living in Bally Buffet, the Finn Harps fans love that, but someone, one of the Finn Harps fans actually asked me a question, they said, what's the main difference between, we've kind of touched on it, but the football in America and the football in Ireland? You obviously haven't been here long, I think mm -hmm. the Harps have had four matches, I think you've only played 20 minutes thus far, was it down in Cork? Yeah. Um, but what can you see is generally the main differences between both games? Is the standard similar, maybe? Um, honestly, I find it really hard to compare. Yeah. I really, really do. Um, it's, you know what, my sort of experiences with, I guess, the lower leagues of English football and then going mm. to America there was no comparison in that either. And then the, the comparison between America and Ireland is just completely different. It's just the way the game is played, just how important teams want to win and teams want to defend. And, um, yeah, just the directness of the game, to be honest with you. Would, um, would you say that in Ireland, for example, now the lower leagues in England might be a bit similar, to be honest, in mm -hmm. terms of uh, the football and that, would you say there's more of a win-at-all-cost mentality compared to the football in America, maybe? Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. America is, it's always, coaches kind of sort of preach the um, the emphasis of performance, 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 and then everything else will be fine. Whereas over here, it's like, well, I feel like the way we try and win a game, the performance is important, but it means fuck all, part of me. Yeah, it doesn't mean <laughs> no. anything if we ain't winning. Exactly, so, yeah. Um, That's it. I Ollie Horgan, I'd say, has uh, delved that into your mind anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, for us, the most important thing is uh, just trying to win the game. And it is just, yeah. it is a different mentality. Yeah. And it's um, it's good, you know. I've learned a lot of Ollie so far already. Mm. Um, because my only professional experience before that was just about trying to play football and have a good performance when uh, now I'm realizing a lot of different aspects of the game from it so it's been good it's been good for my growth anyway and do you, do you find i know you only have 20, 20 minutes in the court game but do you, do you find that physical more physical generally than yeah no it is i mean i can see it even off the field you know yeah um, that, yeah yeah like i mean it's yeah the, the tackles over here <laughs> the, <laughs> I see it and think, oh my. <laughs> Do you know what it is as well? I think I think players over here, and same in England really as well. Yeah. Scotland with the same. I think, and fans, they love a good tackle. Yeah, they love a good meaty tackle. Like a team. It's appreciated players take well. pride in that. You can see it in them. They put out their chests once they make a good meaty tackle. Like, you know? Mm. So in America, maybe it's not quite like that. No, it's, it's not the same. Two players like that. You're obviously yeah. one or two, but... People just love that. I don't know what it is, but um, it can get a team going as well, actually. It can, it can motivate a team and maybe players around you. If someone gets in a good, hard, fair, hard tackle, 
the players yeah. around them do get a lift as well, I think, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, um, there is there is a big difference in that from America, the culture anyway, because I'm telling you, I, if I probably flew into someone over there, people might look at me and think, what are you doing? But, I mean, here, everyone be buzzing, man. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, no, so when we're um... back, we'll see Cameron flying all over the pitch, making <laughs> just, just first minute of the game, you know, yeah. I'm just going straight through him. <laughs> Leads me on, actually, how would you describe yourself as a player? Like, how, what, what would be your attributes, your best attributes? Um, best attributes, mm. I mean, um, like, so, so the difference, I, I want to start off by just talking about a difference in the way yeah. Ireland is as such. Um, so I'm a striker. Um, but a lot of the, the centre-backs over here, are, they're a lot bigger than they were in America, i tell you that. <laughs> so, um, over there, it was a lot of, like, I'm not tall, but I'm very strong. So, yeah. back, to, back to goal surprises a lot of people. Um, I can hold up the ball very, very well. Um, and I've got a good first touch and I'm very clinical in front of goal. So, those are my main attributes. Um, but I've also got a bit of speed about me, which surprises a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty tricky. Um, I grew up as a winger. Um, yeah. So when I was playing the large part of my youth football, I was always out wide and things like that. So 1v1 situations, very deadly. Um, so you think, but, from, from your own point of view, that would you rather have a partner up front generally or do you feel that you can... Are you Didier Drogba, basically, is what I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd rather, I'd, I'd rather have a partner. Personally. Would you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I think it's just I prefer to bounce off someone, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it just allows me. I feel like I've played my best football when I'm in a two, right. rather than in a one. Um, and it just allows me to have a little bit more freedom to, I guess, roam in different areas. But um, I can pretty much adapt to any environment. I mean, I know these defenders over here are a little bit bigger, uh, and, and they're less afraid to go through me, but. Um, as yeah. well as that, you do get teams that generally defend a bit deeper as well, which mm. gives you less space. So if you have a partner with you up, up top, it does mm. make that a bit easier and tougher for defenders, doesn't it? Because sometimes between the lines, if you're coming out for the ball and the midfield are quite deep, you don't have much space, do you? No, agreed, agreed. Mm. Um, so, But no, um, I feel like my attributes, honestly, are pretty suited to the league. Um, yeah. I know with Harps, I know we can kind of sit back and defend a lot. Mm. Um, but I would back myself in a 1v1 race against anyone. So um, even, even with a ball over the top, I think I'd be okay. So That's good. There'll be plenty of those within Harps, I think. Anyway. <laughs> Who's the I best, hope so. Who's the best player you ever came up against? Um, tough one. I mean, I've played... Mm. Probably my younger years, before I even mm. went to... Um, America, mm. Raheem Sterling. Um, he was even back then some player, man. You came up against Raheem Sterling. Yeah, yeah. Raheem yeah. Sterling was some yeah. player. Like you could see, just see the ability he had. Yeah. You know, um, so to see him doing what he's doing now, he's someone that vindicates my opinion that I had of him at the time. To be honest. Oh, yeah, exactly. And who was he <laughs> playing? Was he? Was that? Who were you playing? Like was it Liverpool? Uh, he was at QPR and Liverpool. Oh, but so, he was like, when you played yeah. against him, he was like QPR, was it? Yeah, so oh, right. he was okay. some player. Um, and could you tell back then, when you seen him play, did you think this guy is going to be a world-class player? Did you think that? Yeah, or, like, yeah. there was just some, yeah. genuinely, like, you know, there's, it's not often you see a player and think to yourself, wow. Um, 
but he just he just had a wow factor about him. Um, and you, you obviously sometimes you see players and uh, there's a lot of players I grew up with and you think where are they now? But he's mm. he's absolutely smashed it. So yeah, I think a lot of that's to do with well injuries can come into effect for young players. I think injuries mm, kill, kill young players mentally as well and physically. You know, I think that's a big thing. I've seen a lot of players there that. Uh, you know, talked about or whatever, and they just never make it because of injuries. Because if you're getting constant injuries in your development years, I think it physically and mentally destroys a player as well. Yeah, no, I agree. Thing. Um, best player you played with? With, yeah. You know what? I would even. I might have to give that already to probably Baz uh, Barry McNamee. Um, really. Yeah, a lot of the yeah. some of the things I see that guy doing training, man. Really, yeah, yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's really, really interesting because you, you you're only here, what I don't know, a few months technically, or with Finn Harps, aren't you? Mm, maybe, yeah. And already Barry McNamee, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, Barry's he's a, a good player. Yeah, some yeah. player. Like I was, I was shocked. Um, just some of the things he does. He's, I can tell he's top quality. So, I'm not sure about the haircut though. <laughs> I love the hair. Have you, have you ever heard of Leo's hair? No. Leo's hair, check that up. You, okay. you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, the best influence of your career so far, would you say? Sorry, say that again. The... That. Best influence on your career so far. Who's been the best influence? Who's been the best influence? Mm. I mean, as a, a Coach-wise, I would have to say my last... Um, ooh, nah, let me think, actually. Yeah, probably my last... Um, the last gaffer that I had was a big influence, at least on my professional career, anyway. Yeah. Um, he really, really took time with me, especially even off the field, to just... Um, he just taught me a lot, you know. He really, mm. really looked after me. He really helped me develop. Like, I developed a lot in the past year. Um, and that's one of the things that is a little bit different, obviously, in, in Europe than America, because you come into the professional game at an older age. Yeah. Um, and people... Do you think that's a, a good thing? Uh, for me, it's been a good yeah. thing. It's helped yeah. me out a lot. And that's, um, that's one of the reasons I'd recommend it to a lot of people, because I know a lot of people think, oh, if you're not at a team at 18 or 21, you're done, you know? Yeah, but people panic. Over there complete different mentality yeah. um, and he just, he just taught me a lot about the game, just taught me a lot about um, how I need to prepare myself, not just when football is mm. here but when football's done um, so I learned a lot yeah, about that well, um, yeah. because a career is not forever of course So yeah. unless you're uh, at the very high yeah. level and you're earning you know, ridiculous money then it's a little bit different and you know you can get into things in the football after that as well but that has the side effects as well i think i think sometimes when young players uh 17 18 year olds they're getting nearly 100 grand a week at some clubs mm -hmm. and i don't know what i would have done if i was 17 or 18 <laughs> and I, don't know I tell you man i would uh yeah you know what i mean like it's just mentally i don't know and you're in the public eye so everything you do the slightest mistake you make in your life it's out there and um, mm -hmm. so i don't know and as well as that i think some players then the hunger element goes a little bit because they're in yeah. so much money that what do you have to drive for you technically you've already made it because you're making a lot of money you know yeah so 
just find that difficult, I think, and must be very difficult for young players these days, you know? No, of course. I, I mean, I can't even imagine that life, to be honest with you. <laughs> I can't imagine that. <laughs> it would be but, tough. It yeah, be but tough. no, he's been a, a big influence. And other than that, just my dad, you know, um, just throughout my throughout my whole life, he's he's really been the driving figure that to help me get to the position I'm in now. Um, from a young age, whether it was just taking me to football and um, just whatever the time, whatever the sport, whatever I needed, he was always able to somehow make it happen. Um, yeah, and if it, if it wasn't if it wasn't for that, I would argue like that's the the biggest sacrifice anyone's done in that regard. If it wasn't for that, yeah, none of this would have been possible. Not a chance. So. And did you always want to be a footballer in your head? Yeah, always. I mean, I was always, I was always very sporty. Uh, mm. I played at a football. I was at a football team at the same time. I was a part of a tennis club, and a cricket club, and a table yeah. tennis club. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I mean, I was, I was always doing something. But football was always the main, uh, the main focus. Well, I think it's good. Like I, I've uh, a young boy as well. He's very sporty as well. But I think mm-hmm. what people underestimate is the value the sport brings. It keeps people off the streets. Simple as that as well. Yeah. It gives them a focus, and um, you know they learn good habits in terms of exercise, um, in terms of diet. Etc. Yeah. Etc. People sometimes underestimate that part of it as well. It's the habits you're learning, isn't it, as you go along as well? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I for me playing as much sports and being just so in, consumed in it as I was, it, it helped me out a lot. You know, I didn't fall into the wrong things, and it's very easy, especially here. Yeah. Um, it's very easy to do so, um, and a lot of the people that I met, you know, the people along the way, the friends, are still my friends now, you know. So, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world, just being able to do as many things as I can. I'm sure, and I'm sure they've all helped each other in some way. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. been good. No, that's, that's definitely great. We have a few Finn Harps questions now. Some of them are a little bit funny, but uh, I think we've already answered this one. The most skillful player in training, Barry McNamee, I would suggest, is it? You know what? Uh, a kind of uh, a, left, <laughs> a left wing shout. I'll, I'll throw Mark Russell in there as well. He's Russell as well. Okay. Yeah, he's he's very he's very technical in a weird way. Like he'll go on these mazy runs, and you think, how has he still got the ball? Yeah. <laughs> he, he's uh, Mark Russell Scottish, isn't he? I believe. Yeah, he's Scottish. He's Scottish. Yeah, he's Scottish. Yeah, and um, the grumpiest player in training. <laughs> <laughs> or the grumpiest player generally, not necessarily in training, Grump. but generally. Grumpiest, uh, yeah. I gotta give it to Kozava uh, Siddiqui. Um, really? He, yeah, he right. is. <laughs> he can be so grumpy. Is that is so that grumping generally, or is that a football related? Or, you know what I mean? Is that moaning and training, or saying, "Why can you pass me the ball?" Or, or is yeah, that just, just general thing. I'll say moaning in, tra- in training. He is just. He, he makes me laugh, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I just stand and just watch him and it's just the funniest thing. <laughs> so. It's funny, you get some people like that generally now. I played a bit of sports as well, football and Gaelic football and GA, you know. But you mm. get people like that that on the training pitch are completely different or on the football pitch than they are yeah. off the field. It, it's yeah. strange, isn't it? It's funny, <laughs> but uh, it's interesting. I think it's just, it's just a drive in some people and they want to get the best out of the team as well. I think yeah, that's no, one that of is things, him. isn't it? Yeah, yeah no. Who would just who would you say is the hardest trainer? Who the hardest. Yeah. 
Mm. Are you trying to say nobody works hard for Finn Harps? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll give that to Carlo Sullivan. He Carlo Sullivan, okay. Yeah, he is, for me, he just epitomises hard work um, ah, in everything he does. He's always, whether it's fitness or run, somehow always finds himself at the front um, in games, just never stops running. Um, and then off the field as well, because I live with him. So I see, oh, the amount, I see the effort he puts in in the gym. Yeah. It's, it's unmatched. So he just has to keep working, working, working. Just keep working. Like, he's, yeah, yeah he's, <laughs> he's just, a, he's, he's, a, he's one of a kind, I'll tell you that. And have we a comedian in the dressing room? <laughs> That's, I have to give that to Mark Russell again. Really? He is, yeah. He is funny, man. Yeah. And is it, is it one liners or just in general? He's uh, just. No, nah, just in general, like if, yeah. if you do anything, he's at you. He's, he's at your throat. Yeah, like <laughs> um, unfortunately, a lot of the jokes are, it involves me. Um, the, you're the new guy, you see. That's the problem. You're <laughs> one of the new guys, and that's the problem. Yeah, I do not get a rest when it comes to me. I tell you, it is twenty four seven. Who would you say are the leaders in the dressing room? Leaders um, have to say. Um, let me think, main leaders. I mean, definitely McKinley, um, big leader in the dressing room. Um, definitely both the Matt and the Me brothers, good leaders. Yeah. Um, you know what? This it's, it's, there's a lot. I could name the whole team. I That's really good, could. Though. It's a, yeah. um, I think I'm right in saying that. We do have one of the older teams in the league. I think um, so, but at the same time, that's more of a case of there's so many young teams in the league, like really mm, young teams. Like Cork, like Cork City, I think their average age of their team in their last game, for example, was 21 22. Wow, okay. And yeah, so being the oldest team in the league, there's not that many teams that have a lot of old players, really. It's just there's so mm. many teams that are very young. But I think you're right, yeah. I think you're probably yeah. right there. Honestly, um, it's, it's a. I would be. I think I'd be wrong to single out anyone. It's a. Um, it's honestly a team full of leaders. Everyone, everyone is a. A big voice in that dressing room. Everyone's got something to say, and everyone is uh, on board with, with what we want to do. Um, it was, it was a big surprise because I hadn't been in the dressing room like this before. There was in my last team. It was really one or two players that were clear leaders. Everyone else was. Do you know what I mean? Just their kind of listening and things like that but no nah, it's not like that here at all everyone well, got... everyone just bounces off each other kind of yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. uh there's i'd say we have a team of at least eight nine solid leaders so yeah. and you've had obviously finn harp started the season i think four games four points is that right and mm-hmm. um, i think one game is probably a bit disappointing where he's a one nil up in Derry, the derby match mm-hmm. in the last minute that's probably the one that really kicks us in the teeth a little bit. Six points from four, it does look much different from four. Yeah. Um, that yeah, that, that yeah. game hurt. You know, obviously, I'm not I'm not from the area, but prior to that game, yeah. <clears throat> I do you know what I mean. I started to realize how important it is mm-hmm. to win that derby. Mm-hmm. Um, so being one nil up the whole game and honestly I'm sitting there and I think we I thought we've won. I'm not mm. gonna 
I'm not going to sit here and think, you know what I mean? That was possible. I'm thinking the game's done with yeah. one. Picturing yeah. myself running on that pitch, celebrating. <laughs> and then all of a sudden that happened. And I mean, it, it felt like... Game. Yeah, it felt like more than a loss, if that's even yeah. possible. Yeah, it really did because the hard work we had put in from the day I got to Bally Buffet mm. um, until that game. Because that's the whenever you meet anyone in the town, they were like, We don't care what you do the whole season, just beat there. Yeah, like that was it. That's all I've been told the whole time. Yeah, so yeah, it's funny though how football works because hindsight's a great thing. If you drew that game and you were a goal down. And you got a last minute equaliser. <laughs> it's still a draw, but the complexion just changes completely. Football is yeah. very strange in that sense. Like, you know, you know, often you hear people say, we'll take a draw here, but it depends how the game goes and the circumstance and all that kind of thing. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, Finn Harps, like, would you say the performances deserved more overall in the game? Yeah, I mean, I think we executed our game plan well. Yeah. Um, and even in another game, I feel like against um, Cork, where yeah, uh, we lost one nil. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I don't think we deserve to lose that either. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, for me, it's um, it's been good to see anyway because mm-hmm. prior to coming into the league, I was seeing league tables and it's always got harps at the bottom. It's always got this, you know. So mm-hmm. we were already written off from the start. Yeah. So yeah. To see when I'm seeing we're playing against Derry and I'm seeing them at the top of the league mm-hmm. um, in all of these mock mock things and all of these tables that people are predicting when we were competing i'm like mm. okay this is you know what i mean like we're really here we're really actually gonna prove people yeah. wrong yeah and one thing i would so. say as well compared to last season you obviously weren't here last season the league is definitely stronger than it was last season finn harps are stronger in my opinion as well um, mm. and shelburne have come up would be stronger than the team that finished bottom ucd last season so the league is You've even seen in the early results, there's a lot of competitive and different results, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. And Sligo, I know, are bottom at no points, but they've been a little bit unlucky. They've had a lot of injuries as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the league is definitely very competitive and it's going to be, hopefully we can return whenever we can return, but uh, it's going to be very yeah. competitive. It's going to be very competitive. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing I noticed. Like, there, there didn't seem to be much between the sides, you know. It's like the way people, in my opinion, were writing us off, it was like we had one leg and we couldn't play football. Exactly. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. When yeah. I'm looking at it and I don't see much between a lot of these sides. No, there isn't. No. There really isn't. The two teams that stand out, obviously, are Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. Because they're the two challengers. They've, you know, they've got probably the most funds as well. But mm-hmm. between the other sides, I wouldn't say there's an awful lot between them at all. You know, I could make... I could predict my top 10 and 10 other people would do a completely different list. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. So it's interesting to see how we get on. Do you think we'll be back anytime soon? What's your personal opinion on it? Do you think we'll be back anytime soon? I mean, I'll start off by saying I really do hope we're back. Yeah. Um, I really do. Um, but it's, it's tough, you know, when I see... So when I'm reading certain things that have been sent by maybe the PFI or the mm-hmm. league that they put out, with their stipulations, it all sounds really good. Mm. Um, but I do think, how practical is this? That's um, everyone's concern. Everyone's concern. It's so practical it is, yeah. And mm. even the financial side of it for the clubs as well. Um, I, I'm still yet to see something concrete that you look at it and you go, yeah, that's a great idea. You know what I mean? We mm. should do that. But there's too much 
up in the air for me. That will, that's the way I see it. Anyway, would you be in that thought process a little bit at the moment? Or? Yeah, I mean, that's the thought process I'm in. I mean, obviously, right now it's great. People can wake up, watch the Bundesliga, yeah. um, and you're seeing the measures they're put in place. But this is also a league that has millions. They have the facilities to do this. Like I'm hearing they're travelling on three different buses. They are in different changing rooms and things. Mm. I that's don't know how we're doing that at Finn Ireland, Park. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just... It's not practical for the League of Ireland, if we're honest, is it? Yeah, um, no. So... You know, um, I'd love if, even if they got you guys back playing and they could do it behind closed doors and it was a streaming service, but I'd be a little bit concerned that the clubs won't make enough from it as well. Like, that'd be the worry, wouldn't it? Um, mm. Where's the money going to come from? You know, as you know, the League of Ireland, it depends on fans going to games. Yeah. It really does for clubs' income. Um, that'd be my concern. Um, I'd, I'd fear that people might watch the streams for one or two games mm-hmm. and then the novelty might wear a little bit and then you're, you know, you only have the real die-hard fans maybe watching. Uh, that'd be my concern as well. But there's going to come a point where they're going to have to do something. That's the thing as well, like, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really tough, you know, because, I mean, I'm already seeing, like, not so much about our league, but I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, t- I'm hearing people already say, okay, well, this is great, but how long can behind closed doors go on? You know, how detrimental is this going to be to the league in the long term? So they're already saying, well, this is great for now, but this might impact the league in a negative way. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and the difference we have is that I guess our league only just started. Um, yeah. Every yeah. other league that's trying to get back they're trying to conclude their seasons where we yeah. really are trying to start you know yeah um, so yeah we have to look at it from a complete different angle in my opinion no you can't look at the premier league in england you can't look at the bundesliga you can't look they're in a different scale anyway as well yeah but um you're right we do have to look at it a different angle i don't know if regionalizing games would work or what but ireland's a small country anyway yeah you know what i mean There's, Nobody knows the answers, and that's the thing. All the articles I'm reading and everything, I certainly don't, but nobody seems to know what the real answer is. Everyone's having little ideas of what you could do, but mm-hmm. this is the word, this is the concern that nobody has has the answers really. But um look, Cameron, it's been great having you on. I'm gonna leave it there. I could talk to you for another two hours, I'd say. <laughs> it's been great crap, it's been a pleasure. So um hopefully you'll get back playing soon and we'll see you yeah. in Bay, hopefully. Yeah, no, well, thank you for having me on. Honestly, I've, I've no, enjoyed man. it. Um, I'm a big fan of the show. So, oh, thanks, sir. I appreciate uh, that, Cameron. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's one of the things I'll say. Even I remember when I first spoke to Ollie, right? Um, he was like, because pretty much he said, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to tell you exactly how things are. Um, but you do your research on Bally Buffet, you do your research on Harps, and you do your research on the league. So, um, I quickly spoke to Jake. And then it was straight on YouTube trying to look. And obviously this channel comes up. So <laughs> very a good. My, yeah, a lot of my information has been from you. So thank you. Ah, that's good. Thanks very much, Cameron. Appreciate that. All right. No worries. Have See a good one. See you later. Bye-bye.